1: Live from WRAL News Headquarters in Raleigh, your number one source for local news. WRAL News, coverage you can count on.
0: We are watching this right now at 6, a level one storm risk, an unsettled weather pattern, and we're tracking tropical storm Idalia and the impacts it could bring right here. To North Carolina. Good evening, and thanks for joining us tonight. I'm Julian Grace. Well, we start with tonight's storm chances and a live look at Fayetteville from the WRL Weather Camera Network look at that right there. You see the rain. There are a few drops and a pop up showers here and there as storms are moving through that area. Let's bring in meteorologist Anthony Baglione to talk all about it. Anthony, what are you tracking right now?
2: As Julian, it is very busy right now in the weather department. We're going to start, of course, with the storms we're seeing right now and then go into the tropics with tropical storm Edalia. Let's get us over the two radar right now. A lot of this coverage has been focused in our southern counties and it's been coming down pretty heavily here in some spots. This is the live sweep here on dual Doppler 5000, especially around Fayetteville. This is some rather light coverage, but you've certainly seen your fair share today. Clinton definitely as you head toward I-40, we're seeing some heavier rain, some lightning bolts also showing up. So just keep that in mind if you're headed out just to the north of Southern Pines. This is a pretty heavy batch as well. Even as we head toward Goldsboro to the north and east there of Smithfield, Fremont, you can see these kind of pockets that get going. If you get under them, it's going to be some pretty heavy rainfall here and that potential for some lightning, maybe some gusty wind as well around the triangle relatively quiet, but we have a little cell there near apex back toward the radar and Clinton Clayton rather and up toward Lewisburg as well. So we'll continue to watch that potential tonight. We are in that level one out of five severe storm risk as we go forward in time. Most of that coverage stays right about where it's at, but I can't rule it out completely here even into early tomorrow morning. Most of the kids at the bus stop tomorrow morning, I would say have the umbrella as you're headed out to work as well because there is that potential here for a light shower. But a lot of this coverage is going to be kind of sporadic. It's not going to be an all day pouring rain event. We had to about three o'clock or so in the afternoon, five o'clock here that commute back home looking relatively good. But again, that chance is there for a scattered shower or storm. Temperatures was right about 85 tomorrow afternoon, 81 there around lunchtime. And of course we have tropical storm E This is the latest advisory 40 mile per hour winds. And we put on the current track here, takes it in as a strong category two hurricane there on Wednesday to the Florida panhandle. We've seen this track shift just a little bit here, Julian in our direction, but we're looking at a tropical storm impact here into Thursday. We of course are going to walk through all of this here in detail and show you those impacts specifically coming up
0: here in a few minutes. All right, thank you, Anthony. We'll check back in with you in just a little bit. All right, we now know the name of the man who shot and killed three black people in a racially motivated attack in Jacksonville, Florida, yesterday. Today, investigators identified this man, 21-year-old Ryan Palmeter, as the Dollar General shooter. Detectives say Palmeter had no criminal record and the weapons he used were legally obtained.
1: The manifesto is, is is, quite frankly, uh, the Diary of a Madman, um, he was, he was, I mean, he was just completely irrational, um, but what is the what is the rational thoughts? He knew what he was doing. He had 100%, he was 100% lucid. He knew what he was doing, 100% legal. And as we can, as we, as I stand here with you today, they were legally possessed.
0: Detectives also ran through a timeline of the shooting, which lasted 11 minutes and released video of the attack. Now, Paul Meeter shot and killed himself. Earlier in the day, we found out from investigators that he had been turned away from the Edward Waters University, a nearby historically black university, by a security officer. That shooting comes as people across the country are uniting for the 60th anniversary of the March on Washington, credited with helping the pet to pass the Civil Rights Act of 1964. The anniversary is tomorrow. Today, though, in Durham, a local church dedicated its Sunday service to commemorate that historic day. WRL's Laura Levine went to the service and spoke with the senior pastor. <laughs>
3: The pews are filled as clapping, singing, worship, and prayer fills the sanctuary. It looks like a typical service here where people come to get a good word. But this time, hundreds came together at St. Joseph AME Church to reflect on a very specific message, a dream that lives on. I have a
1: dream Today is a time where we focus not just on commemoration and looking at what happened 60 years ago and celebrating many of the advancements over the course of the last 60 years, but today is also a day of continuation where people are continually mobilizing, coming together to fight against the deliberate attempts to roll back many of those rights.
3: A day after joining thousands of people in the March on Washington in D.C., Reverend Dr. J. Augustine is leading his own march of sorts here in Durham, reflecting on how the line between the past and present seem to blur.
1: Now there's no such thing as a dog whistle anymore. There is a bullhorn that's out. There is a full frontal assault on democracy. There is a full frontal assault on communal engagement, on diversity, equity, and inclusion.
3: He tells me that same fight decades ago for fair wages, voter rights, fighting inequities, racial injustices, and division continues. 60
1: years later, we're still witnessing horrific acts of violence against our community
3: On this year's anniversary, the racially motivated shooting of three black people in Florida weighs heavy on many, a grim reminder of the hate that remains.
1: The narrative of white supremacy that manifests yesterday in Jacksonville is synonymous with the narrative that manifests last year in Buffalo, New York. It's synonymous with the same narrative that manifests in June of 2015 at an AME church in South Carolina. Um, We are stronger together than we are apart. The tapestry of America's diversity is something that should be celebrated something that should not be feared.
3: And as he preaches, he says, from the battlefield in 1963 to 2023, the community
0: must march on. Laura Levine, WREL News in Durham. Marching on. Well, Fayetteville's police chief is raising the alarm about gun violence in response to multiple shootings this weekend. A woman was shot at her home on Channing Drive yesterday morning and her injuries are not life-threatening. There's more that afternoon. A 12-year-old child, a man and a woman, were shot near Cliffdale Road, and the adults have serious injuries. And last night, two men were shot near Bonanza Drive. One of them is dead.
3: I can say this about our victims. They are all known to law enforcement. They have criminal histories to include aggravated assault, robbery, and drug violations. So we don't think these are random acts of violence. We think that that these are preventable acts of violence. If we look at robberies, drug robberies, drug ripoffs in parking lots, those are some of the things that we respond to that, that, that spur on these shootings, the retaliatory shootings, okay, and the ongoing cycle of violence.
0: Chief Braden also said police can't stop the violence alone. It takes the cooperation of the victims, their families, and the community at large. At last report, no one is in custody for either, either of the weekend shootings. The victims names have not yet been released. The man charged for the murder of Alicia Watts is scheduled to appear in court for the first time tomorrow morning. 51 year old James Dunmore is being held in the Montgomery County Jail without bond. Investigators found Watts body in a wooded area more than a month after her disappearance. The Moore County Sheriff told WRL they believe Dunmore knew the area his court appearance is scheduled for 9.30 in the morning. A fire tore through part of a Raleigh home earlier this morning. You can see at least three fire engines on the scene there on Leesville Road near the high school. First responders got the call around 7 a.m. No reports of any serious injuries. Firefighters in Carolina Beach were very busy. They responded to a large house fire on Ocean Boulevard this weekend. Take a look at this. This happened yesterday afternoon. The house was heavily damaged, but the firefighters quickly contained the flames. There were no injuries to report. Still no word yet on what sparked that fire. Wayne County deputies are investigating a shooting on Moss Road in Zeppelin. They responded to a shots fired call that in that area around 930 last night, but did not find a victim. They were then called back to that same location earlier this morning and found shell casings in the street. Later, Wendell police got a call about a man with a gunshot wound. He says he was shot on Moss Road but did not want to go to the hospital. Three U.S. Marines are dead and five others are critically hurt after a military plane crash in Australia. It happened during a routine training exercise. Officials confirmed 23 members were on board when the aircraft crashed. Recovery efforts are still underway. Investigators are working to determine what caused the crash. Summer is ending and a new school year kicks off tomorrow. Yes, it is that time. Coming up after the break, what you can do to combat those inevitable back to school jitters. Gotta see this next story. Plus, 300 artists from 16 states at this year's Lazy Day Crafts Festival just wrapped up. A look at some of the incredible artists and their work next. Anywhere there's a job fair, you might have seen a North Carolina school system they're recruiting. Schools are traveling as far north in the U.S. as Massachusetts and even across the globe. They're even going to colleges to recruit psychology majors who might want to try out teaching. North Carolina teacher turnover spiked last fall to 16 percent and thousands more teachers are leaving the profession, we're told. School systems are trying to avoid the same struggles this fall. They say teaching is harder now and recruiting teachers has gotten more difficult in the last decade. WRL Education insiders spoke with educators from Granville County to Robinson County about what they're doing to fill classrooms and what you can do to help. You can read more about it on wrl.com. That full story is right there for you. Let's talk about the first day jitters at school. It's normal, right? But if your child is having a problem with it, there is a book for that. Let me introduce you to my new friend, Parker J. Jackson. The 10-year-old author wrote a coloring story called The First Day of School Jitters. In the book, she shares a story about being nervous and worrying about not being accepted when she first started school. But she took the bold step to ask a classmate to be her friend, and they've been friends ever since. Now, throughout the pages students can learn how to meet new friends and there is a courage pledge at as well at the end of the book now the book is already encouraging others how does it make you feel knowing you are helping other kids
4: it makes me feel good because i've always like wanted to be like a role model or an influencer to kids
0: oh, she's a great role model already Parker is a former student at Holt Elementary in Durham. Now you can find the book on Amazon and on Barnes & Noble. Now I believe we will be hearing from Parker again in the near future. We'll have more on Parker's story later tonight at 10 and 11. Well, when you wake up tomorrow morning, it's time to turn on WRAL, where your back-to-school headquarters, Elizabeth Gardner and Brian Schrader will have the latest weather updates and traffic conditions before you head outside the door and we'll have live coverage on the ground and in the air. It all starts at 4.30 in the AM on WRAL's Morning News. Look, right there, we got you covered. This year's Lazy Days Arts and Crafts Festival in Cary wrapped up just about an hour or so ago. The popular festival featured nearly 300 artists from 16 states, as well as a beer garden and a children's area. Attendees say this year's event did not disappoint.
2: Everything's really awesome here. I think there's all kinds of cool stuff that we're not familiar with. We're not, we've not been here forever, so it's a couple of years we've been here, so it's great to kind of see what the city has
0: to offer. So great to see everyone had a great time. The Lazy Days Arts and Crafts Festival has been a carry tradition for nearly a half century. That's a good history tidbit to know. I think I'll use this sometime. All right, Anthony, let's talk about the showers.
2: Radar is pretty active right now. It is active right now. Yeah, we've seen these rounds, Julian, of showers and storms, especially for our southern areas. So I want to get us over to radar, but start off here with a report that we actually just got in a second ago. You can see, of course, down toward Fayetteville where we've had the rainfall. Right now, the road is blocked on both sides of MLK Highway at Bragg Boulevard and Hay Street because of standing water. So if you're headed in that direction, be careful. We say, all the time. Turn around, don't drown. That's one of those reports that we have gotten in this evening. Otherwise, let's show you what's going on here. Of course, you see all of the lightning showing up on the map around Goldsboro, Greenville, North Carolina. We're going to start off here with a zoomed in view on live dual opera 5000 right now. Fayetteville looking a little bit better, but of course, we could still be seeing that standing water. Clinton definitely seeing that coming down pretty heavily right now. We have the lightning, we have the reds, the orange is showing up there on the map. I-40 going to be a wet drive here at this point up toward Goldsboro as well. We kind of take a zoomed in view there. Smithfield, Goldsboro, just just to the south of Fremont, even to the northeast of Newton Grove. This is a pocket that's going to be pushing up to the north and east right now, and we head a little bit closer to the triangle, a little bit lighter in this part of our viewing area. But still, if you're headed out and about this evening, make sure to take that umbrella. We could still see a few showers and up toward Henderson as well. I 85 seeing some pushing through and around Creedmoor as well. So definitely active here. We do have that one out of five that level one out of five risk from the storm prediction center of seeing a few pockets, maybe of some gusty winds, some stronger storms continuing here this evening. A lot of that coverage should start to kind of minimize after about midnight or so you see they start to fizzle out a little bit, but I can't rule it out completely. There's two o'clock tomorrow morning. We could still be talking some light showers. I know the big focus of course is tomorrow morning back to school. The kids at the bus stop and everyone heading out to work and school. There could be a few light showers still around. There's eight o'clock tomorrow morning. The severe potential at this point though will be non existent. I don't anticipate big time concerns for that drive in. We head into the afternoon. Though some of those could be on the stronger side. We have another level one out of five, but this is the latest run here on Futurecast, trending a little bit drier. It will not be dry all day long, but this is looking a little bit better here for us into the evening. There's five, six o'clock or so, and again, looking a little bit drier. Our level one out of five risk, though, is for the entire viewing area. Aside from Mecklenburg County, there up into Virginia Again, some isolated instances, maybe where we could get some damaging wind gusts. There's a good summary for you, though. Starting off tomorrow morning, low to mid seventies, a few isolated showers and storms, maybe a bit of a break around lunchtime. We head into the afternoon 85. That's it. We're gonna be a little bit milder here compared to where we have been in the nineties for most of us. So on the whole, looking a little bit more unsettled as we head into this upcoming week. Let's talk about the tropics. Of course, this is the the big focus for us as well as the back to school forecast 40 mile per hour winds right now on tropical storm Edalia. This is the latest five o'clock advisory. It is still sitting here down toward the Yucatan Peninsula. We have not expected much movement from that until we head into next week. The current track, though, I'll leave that up kind of to break down exactly what's going on there. We see this coming into Florida the panhandle likely into Wednesday as a category two hurricane with 100 mile per hour winds. I'm gonna zoom in a little bit closer here, get you a better idea of what we're expecting in North Carolina as it stands right now. There will be some slight shifts in this track. But at this point looks like we could start to feel impacts on Wednesday. We head into Thursday. That's where the center could be is anywhere in this cone as a tropical storm and then it heads back out to sea by Friday. It will not sit here. It's gonna be a pretty fast moving storm system. But at this point again, Wednesday into Thursday looks like the time frame for us to see some gusty winds at the very least and some rainfall coming down. We're at 85 tomorrow, 87 on Tuesday, 84 Wednesday. Julie, look at those temperatures, 74 by Thursday. Next weekend, by the way, looks
0: beautiful with some sunshine here after the rain this week. Yeah, 74 on Thursday. I'm trying to adjust to that. (laughs) All right, thanks, Anthony. Casey, so many people are happy right now because football is back.
4: Yeah, you know, football and Sundays, they kind of go hand in hand, right? And today I do mean football. Yeah, Carolina at home in a top 25 showdown, plus a questionable calls kind of afternoon at Wake Med Soccer Park. We got a heated postgame from the Courage. Find out what I mean next. Getting back to what works. That was the mindset for the NC Courage. Heading into this afternoon, ladies finally back at home hosting Chicago and in need of a bounce back performance following two straight league losses. Let's get you out to Wake Med Soccer Park first game back to full strength since the World Cup with Caroline and Emily Fox in the lineup Courage doing what Sean Haas wanted them to do applying the pressure early Caroline perfect touch to Duke alum Tess Bodie who scores the goal. The refs making a lot of calls early. Few go in the Courage's way. Fox gets called for a red card here. She's done for the game. Then there was this water break in the 34th minute. Play suspended for about a half an hour due to the high temperatures. 92.3 degrees, the max that they could play in. 63rd minute now. Courage trying to hang on to the lead in corner for Chicago. Tata Milazzo there for the header. Courage settle for a draw. Here's Pat Welter on a game that had a little bit of everything.
2: Looking around the stadium today, you saw a lot of people doing this. So if it was hot to watch the game, imagine what it was like to play. Refs making the call in the 34th minute to delay play due to the
3: heat. A half hour break actually doing more harm than good for the Courage. Weird rule for me, oh gosh, I hope this doesn't get me in trouble, but for me, like, it's almost worse to stop 30 minutes in get cooled down for 10 minutes and then have to do another 10 minute warm-up and then now i actually have more meters under my legs because i have the same amount of time that i have to play but now i have a second warm-up
2: ref fingerprints all over this one and emily fox red card put them down a player for most of the match and completely changed their style of play then there were several calls and no calls leaving head coach sean nahas puzzle
1: i haven't spoken about referees at all this year but i in these type of games at this stage, it has to be better. It was so inconsistent on both sides. I asked Sean Nahas if there was a particular call he had issue with. He stopped and said, every one. So coach proud of his team's effort to be able to get a point
2: out of all this madness, but not a happy man right now, Casey.
4: Thank you so much, Patch Dornsfield, the Carolina women hosting number twenty-four Southern Cal. Up one nil in the second half. Pick it up, 63rd minute. Check out the passing here. It opens up some space for the Heels. The crossbody touched by Evelyn Shores, who twinkles the twine. That makes it a 2-0 game. Then, just a few minutes later, Heels attacking in this one. It's going to be Shores again. She puts it a little too high for the keeper. Carolina dominating this contest, outshooting USC 25-5. Tar Heels get their second dub of the season, 4-0, the final from Chapel Hill. The Erin Matson era at Carolina got underway Friday with her first career coaching win as the number one Tar Heels took down Michigan in a top five showdown this afternoon. The ACC Big Ten Challenge continued with the annual meeting against number seven, Iowa. To Karen Shelton Stadium we go. Game tied at one in the third. Heels with a penalty corner. Sietzka Brunning keeps it on the carpet and gets the deflection for the 2-1 lead. But the Hawkeyes force extra time. Riley Heck handed a green card. So Carolina down a player And Iowa. Takes advantage 3-2 the final. This is the third loss ever at Karen Shelton Stadium. Tonight, watch the Houston Texans and New Orleans Saints in the final preseason game kickoff at 8 o'clock on Fox 50. Julian. All
0: right, football is back and people are excited. All right, we'll see you a little bit later. Have a great night. At WakeMed MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year. Primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra
2: mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger.